Welcome to Group Talk. Four shows, one podcast from the Small Group Network focusing on topics relevant to small group ministries. Whether you're in a church of 100 or 10,000, whether you're a volunteer or staff, we want to support, encourage, and equip you to lead well. So relax, listen, and enjoy Inside Saddleback with Steve Gladen. Happy August to all of you small group point people out there in the trenches of small group ministry and mobilizing the masses into biblical community. Thanks so much for tuning in to listen to our show today. Derek here as always along with your other host, Steve. Hey, everybody. Great to see you. I never know if you're going to say my last name or just hang it right there. So I'm just, you know, a little missing. So, but, you know, it's great to be with everybody. And Steve, uh, we've got a very good friend and very special guest uh, jumping on a little bit later, Kevin Lee, who is uh, one of Saddleback Church's online small group pastors. We're super excited about that, so stay tuned. Oh my gosh, you guys are going to be blessed. And if you're, if you're still figuring out any aspects of the digital environment, this brother is one of uh, you know a dynamic duo at Saddleback that you're going to want to get to know. So I'm excited. Yeah, it's, he's an amazing guy. So, Steve, uh, regular listeners of this show will know that aside from talking small groups, you and I also talk some college football, you know? Dude, Being, less, less than 35 days, brother. Less than 35 days. I just can't believe it. I'm getting so excited. We're both junkies of the game. Uh, but, Steve, you know, before we get into the show, Scripture says, you know, to confess your sins one to another and I must confess that I've been holding some unforgiveness towards you ever since you and your Ohio State Buckeyes have stolen two five-star recruits from the backyard of my Washington Huskies. And so I want to ask you, will you forgive me? Oh, my brother. You know, I'm glad to see you come to this reckoning. And I I should probably confess I've taunted you way too much about it. So. We, we thank you. We thank you for many things, uh, for the talent and and for your 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 humbleness, just to to give to give freely. It's it's a very great quality of Jesus that you're bestowing upon uh, the Ohio State University and Buckeyes. Well, you know, I am humble, but I also uh, I'm all about the truth. And the Bible also says to run from sin and the very appearance of evil. And being that your team was engaged in illegal cheating of paying recruits to attend their school over others, I want to ask before our beloved audience if you will repent for your supporting of OSU. You know, it's funny how all the teams that lose go to the cheating thing. So, you know, I, you know, I, I, I hear it, you know, but the first step in recovery uh, that we learned in CR is, you know, you got to, you know, realize you're in denial. And so, you know, with that, all I can do is say either move on or, you know, you know, let's go through the 12 steps instead of the show we got on the screen. <laughs> then I have no choice to do and say what I'm about to do and say, and that is... Go Blue! Go Wolverines! Hail to the victors! Go Jim Harbaugh! This is your year to defeat the evil empire that is the OSU Buckeyes and take back dominion of the Big Ten. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I hate you, but keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the Was that a beautiful Wolverine, song? Yeah, all the Wolverine listeners will uh, appreciate you and love you dearly and wonderfully. But uh, I don't know how you're going to reckon with that because you play in week two uh, in uh, the 21 season. So here we go, baby. 
But lest we talk too much about college football, let's talk about our favorite people, which is not uh, the Washington Huckies or the Ohio State Buckeyes, but is the small group point person who is slugging it out in the trenches. That's right. And if you're new to our show, we feature four segments. we got the Saddleback Scoop, the Network Nugget, our Leadership Learning, and our Trending Topic. And so we're going to jump right in, being that I wasted so much time there in college football. We're going to jump right into our, our Saddleback Scoop. And Steve, let's just Let's just go ahead and address the elephant in the room that I'm seeing all over national news that Pastor Rick is transitioning out as lead pastor. I got to ask you right now on the record, who's the replacement? <laughs> well, uh, we know that Jesus knows. Uh, it could be Kevin Lee. That could be the star. Uh, that could be the star oh. announcement that, that, that we got going here. But um no, it's a great question. I've been peppered, uh, you know, endlessly and uh, love everybody uh, out there. And it's it's one of those things where, you know, you're like going, okay, who who is going to replace Rick? And if you, if you haven't gone on YouTube and listened to the 11 Reasons Why, it is, uh, it, it's got so many leadership nuggets in that and just why he's transitioning, which I think all of us could, could learn very well, uh, especially if you're, um, you know, as you're, you may be coming to an end of a season in a ministry, you may be going into one, but I think it's really, uh, that's really, really helpful on, on that aspect. But l- let me, let me tell you, let me tell you exactly what we know. And that is, we don't know. Uh, I wish I knew who, I wish I knew when, but uh, we are, we are looking though. We, we are definitely starting the process and the elders have been uh, focused on that. We brought the church family in to pray. Uh, it was encouraging to see uh, uh, thousands upon thousands of people who signed up for the prayer time to be praying every Friday around the clock uh, to uh, give us wisdom in this endeavor. And so there's some great models out there that we've seen from churches who we feel have done it right. And we're just asking God to, to bless us in that in that zone too. It's crazy to think about whoever this person is, they're going to follow the Rick Warren. Um, so this person is going to, boy, they're going to need a lot of support and prayer. And uh, my guess is it's probably somebody uh, on the inside, somebody currently on staff. So kind of, give us a little hint, maybe uh, somebody, uh, uh, Kevin, what's, their, what's, their, what's the initials of their name? <laughs> well, I, I think, you know, I love Kevin, but I can, I think you were safe to eliminate two of us. And that would be uh, actually three of us. Uh, it's not going to be Derek Olson. It won't be Steve Gladen. And it won't be Kevin Lee, but it will be somebody who does know our paradigm. I think it's a very good point that you brought up. Uh, it doesn't have to be outside because we have a lot of churches that uh, uh, do the uh, Great Commission, Great Commandment as the focus of their church endeavor. So it is one of those things where, um, it's going to be, have to be someone who knows the DNA of the place because to put another DNA into a system that's been running 42 years would be uh, close, if not totally catastrophic. But let me let me switch it over to a little something that, that's different with that because as you're thinking about that with uh, with Rick, and we're talking about the Saddleback Scoop, let, let me uh, – Rick and I are going to flip through – this will be in the show notes for you, but we're going to flip through. Uh, Rick was uh, doing a talk at the, the CR Summit. Uh, at the time of this airing is actually today he's talking uh, at the CR Summit. And uh, we are um, just excited that, you know, he's there for one, my good friend, John Baker, uh, who went to be with the Lord um, a while ago, about a month or so ago, uh, 
uh, and handed it off to his son, Johnny Baker, who's so qualified. It's unbelievable how God has orchestrated that. But this also is the 30th year of Celebrate Recovery. And um, I know John was looking so forward to that. And it actually breaks my heart. But Rick talks about the the qualities of a good shepherd in his talk. And it's going to be in the show notes. We're going to whip through them pretty quick. Derek and I are just going to toggle back and forth on them. Uh, this is, you know, this is the, the genius of Rick. But the thing is, I would say, this would be a good thing for you to, you know, everyone's focused, hey, who's going to replace Rick? What qualities do you need and stuff like that? Let me flip it on the dial a little bit and say, what qualities do you have? And do you have these marks of a good shepherd? So let's look, let's look. Just whip through these ten, and uh, and then I'll um, kind of close it up here, and we'll we'll move on to the network nugget. But uh, one is number one is good shepherds give personal attention to the individuals, and all I could say on this is relationship, relationship, relationship. The good shepherd knows the voice. Do your small group leaders know your voice? Derek, give us number two. Number two, good shepherds lead by example. And that is a critical point to make. Uh, lead with courage, lead with love. Yeah, by what you sell. Number three, good shepherds develop trust through their relationships. And with this one, what I would say to you is, when you look at your weak small group point person, how many calls, how many lunches, how many breakfasts, how many dinners how many coffees are you spending in the week talking to your critical leaders, uh, your coaches, community leaders, or your small group leaders? Boom. Hey, yeah. Getting a, a free coffee from a pastor and ministry leader goes a long way. Yep. Um, number four, good shepherds sacrifice for those they lead. That is so good. I remember being a young youth pastor and had some parents and kids that were mad at me. And I remember how much it meant when my lead pastor came to my defense and uh, saved the day. Yeah. Number five, good shepherds stay with the flock in the tough times. And I think everyone has, have been a, has been a great example of this throughout the pandemic. Number six, good shepherds feed and lead with love. Mm. Not, not not authoritarian love. It's this love like you do with your family. Number seven, good shepherds keep growing in knowledge and skill. And that's why we love about uh, all of you that uh, you know, are learning. All leaders are learners, and we love that aspect. Number eight, good shepherds help the hurting. So good. Help the hurting. Yeah, like the... Uh, people who lose recruits out of their state we come through and we help them you know we help we help those that are hurting uh good shepherds go after the lost <laughs> and, and this is a this is a great point because you know let me ask you this who are you bring into heaven what non-christians do you know i'm not talking about your small group ministry i'm not talking about your small group i'm gonna talk about you small group point person you know who are the people that don't know jesus that you're building a relationship with and number 10, good shepherds serve joyfully. There's nothing worse than seeing a pastor or ministry leader or, you know, small group leader who's just kind of angry and mad and, and, and crusty. So serve with joy and you will impact those that you're serving. Yeah. I mean, each one of these 10s in the show notes, uh, obviously, if you know anything about Rick Warren, you know that he comes with a boatload of scriptures and all that, and we they put them in the show notes. It'd be great. It's something you could, yeah, you could look at for yourself and it's something that you could uh, lead up and it'd be 
great track to grow your small group leaders from. So some good stuff there. Also in the show notes, you're going to see um, uh, we, we are doing a retreat for our uh, small group pastors uh, at Saddleback Church. We're a larger church, obviously. We have 19 campuses, so we, you know, we got a crazy amount of staff. But it's something that you can look at that you could take your C team with. If you don't know about your C team, I want to encourage you to look at, look at you know, through uh, planning small groups with purpose or, you know, some of our previous podcasts when we talk about a, a C team. So it'd be very, very important for you to, to go through that. And there's uh, something else you can look through. So that's our Saddleback scoop as we're just pushing away through uh, the dog days of summer. And we are moving on to our network nugget where we talk about all uh, the latest happenings in the small group network, uh, whether that's events, whether that's just the latest announcements, exciting information. We want to give you those nuggets. So uh, right now we're talking about who wants not free stuff, who wants free staffed. Steve, tell us more about this. Yeah, I'm really excited. We have, we have actually a, a two things that are coming up in the network that are super, super exciting that uh, you can use for this fall. One of them is we're getting ready to release a, a new course. And if you uh, go to our course page at smallgroupnetwork.com forward slash course or courses, whichever way you want to do, just don't be course. Um, you know, we have a new course coming out on how to build an effective internship program. And you know, and again, interns aren't slave labor. And so we, we took a little jab at, you know, the, the free staff piece. But the bottom is it's it's let the pipeline begin because your interns, if you do the your intern program right, and it's really, um, you know, Lisa Burrell, who's the pastor of our internship program, who uh, takes us to that next level, she'll pull through about, you know, anywhere between 100 and 150 in- interns through a year. And uh, the beautiful thing is, is that you get to see who can adapt to your culture and who can't. Matter of fact, Kevin, Kevin was an intern five, six years ago, and we brought him on staff. Matter of fact, we have three small group pastors that are in the small, the online environment right now and our online uh, pastor. And I know that terminology is changing up and, you know, Kevin's going to give us some insights on that. But Jake Randa, uh, all of them were interns. And so it, it's really great. I think it's about 15 or 17% of our current staff were born and raised at Saddleback or they came through our internship program. And so it's really exciting for that. So I want you to look at that course. Uh, we're running special promotions on it. So uh, really good for you to check it out on our course page and uh, learn about that. And then the next huge thing that we have coming out is our virtual lobby. And I I know when we did the virtual lobby this past February, a lot of people were uh, stoked about it and really super excited because uh, they didn't have to travel or the travel budget got taken away because of the pandemic. And so it was great to have that. Uh, This virtual lobby is solely going to be focused on leadership development. Nothing but leadership development. We've got three great plenary speakers uh, that are on T with that. Uh, we have uh, some great breakouts that you're going to be able to do that are going to be for sure some content and some great discussion about that content that'll be in in the breakouts on on leadership development. So it's going to be happening Thursday, October seven, uh, from nine a.m. to twelve noon Pacific Standard Time. Uh, or actually, I think we're still in specific daylight time. I wish we the 
Congress would, you know, get us on one time zone. But uh, be be looking for that, and we're going to be pushing out a lot of great stuff. Along with, uh, we have a couple of tains, couple of accelerates, uh, you know, lighting up all through the fall. So we're excited about what's coming to your neighborhood and what's on the internet. Exciting, exciting stuff. And yeah, I follow back to the interns at Sellaback. I follow their Instagram account, Sellaback Interns. And it seems like every day, uh, Lisa and the team are announcing a new intern. So there's an incredible pipeline there. Uh, so you can go to uh, smallgroupnetwork.com forward slash courses to see all the courses we have available available, and to find that one. And then go to smallgroupnetwork.com forward slash conferences for more info on all our events, including the virtual lobby that is coming. Exciting stuff. Okay. As we jump now into our leadership learning, we want to bring on a very good friend, uh, both Steve and I, and a very special guest to the show, Saddleback Church's online small group pastor who's known inside on staff as the legend, <laughs> Kevin Lee. Kevin, how are you doing? Hey, very good. Thank you so much for having me on. It's it's really excited, exciting to to be with you and to talk small groups, uh, online small groups, right? Yeah, I mean it's a uh, it, it's all about the uh, online environment and what's happening with it and uh, some of the changes that are there. Obviously, uh, there has been digital madness over the past. Uh, 12 to 15 months, Kevin. Uh, and I had the pleasure to, uh, I have a great friend, Chet Gladkowski. Chet, I know your name and everything, but as you know, uh, sometimes I just can't, I can't speak. And so this is one of those times, but uh, Chet is always sending me some latest and greatest learnings. Uh, he does some great writings that uh, will be in our blogs and stuff like that. But it, it caused me to, when I read this, read this article, I, I flipped it to some of our online team and uh, was just super excited about uh, Kevin and you, you respond to it and, and that. So, you know, Kevin, could you just, you know, with the people that may not be familiar with online groups and what it is, uh, let's first start there and just talk to us about what, what's an online group and is it everyone using their Starbucks name? Are they typing? Are they on screen? What are they, what are they doing? So give, give us something to that and I'll, I'll post just a couple other questions. Yeah, uh, the way I like to describe it is just another way to do life, right? And we, we use the, the phrase here, life we do, we love to do life together and we're better together. And we've seen that an online is not just a, a mode of communication or relationship. It's just a different channel of com conversations and our social relationships. So we want to bring that on into our congregation, our members and say, Hey, like there's this new channel, uh, probably not new anymore, right? But, uh, yeah a channel where we can still share our life, um, still reflect on weekend messages and still be accountable with the, the applications that we want to make. So we, we've seen it as, as just a great way to incorporate in this new channel to, to our small group life. 
Yeah, I know for those of you that are listening and may not be aware, we uh, started uh, virtual groups probably back in 2009, and uh, they've been developing and, and learning more. And uh, Jay Cranda has been one of our primary architects in the, in that environment. And Kevin, you have come on at his I mean, you really, you two really are the dynamic duo on the latest cutting edge thinking of what's going on back there. Uh, you're so humble. You give Jay all the credit, which, you know, that's what, that's why we love you more than Jay to have you on the show. But, uh, you know, as we're, we're talking about this, you know, obviously we want to always meet people where they're at, move them to where they want them to be in the, in the, in the digital world and in all this digital madness, uh, where, where do we meet people at and where at Saddleback are we trying to get people to go to? Yeah, that's a great point. Um, and I just want to, um, with something that I learned, uh, we have a lot of assumptions about digital or online ministry. And one of the quick learnings that I needed to adjust was that there's a lot of people who, whose main way to do relationship um, and faith is by online. And I'm talking about the people who are physically ill. Um, I've met a lot of people who are homebound. Um, and I, I've been talking to a lot of church church leaders. Hey, if you want your church to grow, um, go after these people because they want to be involved and they want to be serving. So um, it's, and I'm not just talking about physical illness, um, but also spiritual illness. And we've seen uh, a lot of people who are struggling with their faith and we just want to be there. We just, we recognize that we have most amount of people using most of a, amount of their time uh, in this virtual space. So we want our church to be present there. We want to minister there. Um, a quick test is when you, when your congregation, when your member is scrolling through their Instagram, how many of your church content show up? Right, just a, a way of an interaction. Right, you we get bombarded with ads, Amazon, and different things that we must buy. Right, <laughs> but um, um, I think that's just good way to to see where our members are at and if we are meeting them in their places. Yeah, you bring up a good point because the digital environment we think of so much as, you know, the term is uh, online campus. And I know we're moving away from the terminology of online campus because it's broader and so much it, it feeds the physical campuses uh, with that. But, Kevin, you bring up a good point because, you know, in conferences, I'll, I'll say, you know, have you looked at your Yelp review? But I know there's digital reviews that are out there about your churches that you've got to be aware of what people are saying about you. Uh, when you said Instagram, I'm sure there's other there's other social media mediums that may be more uh, you know congruent to what your church is dealing with. But you know, Kevin, there are people though that you know, just like in the educational world, everybody there's different modes of learning. And in the same way, it's got to be in the digital world. I mean, I have a, I have a, uh, one of my kids is very much, he gathers with his friends online, does all that. Uh, he, he, you know, I, w I wouldn't classify him, you know, in that, you know, the ill side or the place where they're at and stuff like that. He just, he just enjoys that environment better. Uh, how do you go after those people and, and how do you, you work with that? Yeah, one of the key things that I try to discern right off the bat when I engage with anyone online is what's their need? What's their practical need? What's something? Um, so I try to identify their need, whether that's relationship or that's 
faith related to faith or spiritual uh, side. So, um, and you can do that as a pastor, as you engage in the conversation pastorally, and it will give you glimpses of signs that they're hurting in this area and hurting in that area. So I want to tap into that and say, hey, like, how is your relationship here? How's your spiritual life here? So um, just a way for me to identify their needs and just try to feed that into, and we've been, we, we just talked prior to this conversation about good shepherds feeding the needs of the sheep. And mm. I just want to do that, reflect that online. And you would be surprised that a lot of people feel that that I, I, I am amazed by emails and conversations where people would say to, to, to our team, like, we're so blessed and encouraged by your ministry. And I, I really truly believe they say that out of their heart. It's not just a nice thing to, thing to say. So uh, we try to always uh, identify a need and try to feel it. Hey, all you awesome small group point people out there. Jason Banzoff here, Group Talk producer, and I have a quick question for you. Have you checked out our blog articles lately? We have some great articles hot off the press from small group point people just like yourselves. And here are a few. Full-bodied small group life, part one and two by Reed Smith. Tips to reading the Bible together in small groups by Josh Hunt. And treating small group infections by Chet Gledkowski. These are just a few of the great articles we have. Visit smallgroupnetwork.com forward slash resources to start reading today. Again, that's smallgroupnetwork.com forward slash resources. Now back to Inside Saddleback. You know, one of the, one of the things that we're moving towards as we're uh, coming out of this pandemic, and you know, so there's some people that say we have a second wave coming or a third wave. But bottom line is, this will not be the the last wave. There will always be viruses that will will creep up into our culture and and try to paralyze us. I I would go as far as to say spiritually, it, I think it's a tool of the enemy to try to bring down the church. Uh, so. Um, you know, something to be aware. Uh, Chet, Chet, Chet sent us a great article. Uh, uh, Kevin, I know you you commented on it. It's the it's going to be in the show notes. It's a it's the new digital edge rethinking mm-hmm. strategy for the post pandemic era. Uh, this comes out of the McKinsey uh, uh, Learning Labs, and and you know, Kevin, one of the things. Uh, do you want to react to that or where uh, Saddleback is going in the next wave? Yeah, this is a great article, and I want to encourage our listeners to 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 read this. Um, but there are great nuggets uh, that we can to look into. Um, but it says um, right off the bat, it says companies' overall adoption of digital technologies had sped up by three to seven years in span of months, and we know that that COVID. Um, didn't create a new reality. Rather, it brought forth what was already trending. So accelerated a catalytic, it was a catalytic event to bring maybe what the churches were going to face and the world was going to face in 2030 or 2040. So um, I think just the, the way we must adopt to this culture and the pace of changing is, uh, is what we need to to uh, put in place for our churches. I've heard that, you know, businesses make business long-term business plans every seven years, but they've now changed that to every three years. 
because mm. the world's changing so quickly. And, and this article talks about that. And um, it says also, uh, this is a report that they found out uh, that, that businesses that utilizes technology use multiple sources of customer data to access or assess their unmet needs, the unmet needs of the customers. And, and obviously that's in the business um, language, but if we that we translate to our, our members and church context, it goes back to what are the unmet needs of the people that we care for and are recreating different ways and avenues to meet those needs. Because I think if, if, even if I think back to the way I w- was raised in the church, we've only had one curriculum mm. and, and I basically ha- had to conform myself to that one curriculum. And what I mean by that is you come into the church, you go to one of those new member class, you take discipleship course, uh, you get selected to be a candidate for a small group post. You go through that three, four year mm-hmm. journey. In my case, my context, yep. um, basically those who are good at that curriculum will be selected and be a leader. But if we just open that channel up and say, Hey, like we want to meet you and we want to create this curriculum according to your gifts and how God has created you and wired you. And we want you to be the agents to meet people like you. Yeah, the, I, you bring up a, a lot of good points. One of them I do want to touch on this article is is purely towards the business community. And we always say that, uh, you know, we are not a, uh, we're not built on a corporate system, but I think there are things we can learn from business. And I, I think it's one of the things that's very powerful about this article. Kevin, you touched on one of the things on data. Mm-hmm. And one of the great things about uh, the digital uh, madness that's going on is you, we are able to get more and more data that is relevant to helping us to minister to the sheep that are out there. Small group ministry, we always say, you know, we know Jesus is king, but in small group ministry, data is king and knowing that data and how we can utilize it. And I just want to encourage you, uh, you know, to to be good stewards of the data that you're getting, or you may not even realize you're getting uh, w- with that. And so it's, it's an important thing. Uh, Kevin, you also said another great thing about new wineskins. And I think one of the things I love about articles, it can stretch you to the new wineskins. One of the things uh, I would love for you to, uh, to react to, one of the quotes that I put, that I highlighted here was, uh, to meet new demands, companies are making digital and teaching investments across the business model. And Kevin, what would you say to churches, you know, at coming out of this pandemic, you know, they're all over the spectrum about trying to invest into this digital environment? Yeah, I would, uh, I would say and encourage the churches. It's easy to be uh, bogged down by the desire to do everything and to, to do everything well, right? And, and that's one of tendencies of even the perfectionist uh, where we get so overwhelmed by wanting to do everything perfect that we can't even start. So what mm-hmm. I like to point you to is what are some areas, and this, is, this can be offline, um, some areas that your church is really good at and start there, start mm-hmm. there. If your strength is in discipleship, let's start there. Um, let's start translating or, or transferring our discipleship program online and see how God leads there. Um, and 
um, get some early success and share that as a vision cast to your whole church and start implementing that down through your ladder. So um, rather than focusing on focusing on your weaknesses or trying to do everything all at once well, which is very difficult to do, mm-hmm. let's start where we're good at. And that's, that's I truly believe, and Steve, you can talk about this too. That's, I truly believe, that's why our online small uh, online ministry at Saddleback started with small groups, right? That was the strength. That was the core of our church. And we started to do that 2000, in 2009. So that's why we are able to take that principle and start applying that to different areas and ministries of our church. Kevin, I, you bring up a great point to start where your church is strong. And I'll, I'll just throw some buckets out to you just to, to be thinking about, uh, you know, if digital isn't tra- changing your training engine, then you might want to look at that aspect. Uh, your engaging engine of how, you know, people are able to look into your church. Uh, your reaching engine, you know, how you do evangelism uh, with that, uh, you know, your small groups that we just talked about, your weekend services. Bottom line is, uh, whether you like it or not, culture is moving towards uh, more of a, uh, there, there's some studies that are out there that say people are attending 1.6 times a month or 1.3. Never figure out how they get the points in there, but let's just live with it. But the bottom line is, People are not going to church every week. We'd love it. But literally, your your digital environment doesn't have to be digital madness. It can be a digital environment that helps people stay engaged with your church. Uh, if you don't think discipleship can happen uh, through different mediums, then you're not reading the New Testament. Paul was using discipleship through letters. And he wasn't physically with them. And so there's a lot of great points that are on here. I'd encourage you uh, in the show notes, we'll have Kevin's email and you can find him on just about every social media platform known to mankind out there. Uh, We're excited at Saddleback. He just hired a couple new uh, small group coordinators that are on the pastoral track. Both were interns too. So we're excited about how uh, that ministry is just uh, blossoming uh, with that. Uh, another thing I'd encourage you to do is go, we talked about our courses. We have a course on how to take those first steps in building online small groups. And some of our best learnings right there, Jay is the one who teaches that course. Uh, but it's one of those things I just encourage you to do. So, uh, Kevin, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for always being willing to stretch us and take that with us. And Chet, to you, to uh, giving another great article on the digital environment. So uh, we're excited about that. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Kevin. Well, we are going to round the corner to home base of this episode where we talk about the grand poobah, the trending topic. And our trending topic uh, for this episode is uh, about keys for fall planning that can tend to be forgotten. Steve, where are you going with this? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to love this. We're gonna, Kevin, you're, you're going to stay on. I know you are. You have to stay on and help us with this. Absolutely. With all right. I love this. Because in fall planning, you know, there's all the basics that there, but I think there are three big things that uh, the three of us are, will each take one of them on, you know, what are the things that tend to be forgotten in fall planning? So uh, you're doing a lot of great things. I see it out there on our Facebook group and uh, through some of the interactions that are going through with our articles and blogs that are out there and even on the podcast. Uh, But let's talk about three 
areas. I'll take the first one and then I'll let the two of you fight over the next ones. But uh, first one I'm going to talk about is uh, what's the felt need you're filling? If you're going to be launching groups in the fall, you've got to understand that people are going to be attracted by relevant topics that are that are hitting them where they're at and it's going to be important for you to understand what those felt needs are uh, in in your church congregation and so as you're doing that there's a couple things i like to re- remember one is that people don't give to need people give to vision and so when you're recruiting the leaders, you're not only recruiting them to saying, hey, here's the felt need that we're going to that we're going to tackle that we think is very important in our church. But also from the standpoint is people need vision for them to get on board with something that's out there. And so, you know, if people gave to need all the needy organizations in the world would would have everything they need, but they don't. Uh, and people give division and how you how you give vision to the felt need is going to be super important on on where you're at with that. And then you got to ask, hey, the curriculum that they're going to be using this fall, is it relevant? Is it relevant in there? So first thing I want to keep you focused on is, are you hitting a felt need or are you just thinking, hey, I wonder what would be a good study that's out there? Look at the felt need. Number two, I would like to say, what is your leadership strategy? What is your leadership strategy? And it's it's something that we have to remind ourselves every quarter, every new seasons, uh, because it's so easy to neglect uh, leadership identification and also training and pipeline that that we've been talking about. So Mm. uh, one thing that I like to do in in the digital space, not only in digital space, but we, we like to do quarterly centralized groups. And if the listeners don't know about that. I'm sure we can have resources around that. But um, centralized group is basically I, as a host, am opening up my big Zoom group to anyone who's not in a small group. And there will be a lot of those people in the fall, especially because they're coming out of summer vacations. So I would gather them all in one Zoom call. We watch a a curriculum uh, study together, and then we break out into smaller groups. And this is what I love about leadership in a a centralized context. I let the leader kind of identify themselves in the group. Like, so I don't select a group leader. I just say, Hey, I want to, before I send them on, I say, Hey, I want to rely on you, the extroverted, the, the natural gift of the leaders to speak out. And these people will come out and start leading the conversations with the questions that we give them. So um, just think about how you're developing leaders during this time. So good. So good. And the other key to plan for is asking, uh, what's my follow-up system look like? Mm -hmm. And this is so important because uh, you don't want people falling through the cracks. Mm. Uh, people matter. They matter to God, and I know they matter to you and your team. And so, what is your uh, system to follow up with these people after they visit your church or after they sign up for a small group and you know uh, visit it? What is the follow-up system? How are you training your group leaders to follow up with the small group members? And also be asking yourself, What's next? What's next for me and, and my ministry? And this is a, such an important step to make uh, because you want to make uh, your next step in the current step that you are in. Yeah, Derek, and, that even goes to curriculum too, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, just knowing not only what the leader's next step is, but also what, what curriculum are you offering? So good point. That's great. What's the next curriculum? And and so basically plan now for the future. And then ask, you know, what's my overall infrastructure look like? Is it stable? Um, does it does it have what I need to, uh, to to support this ministry? Yeah. So just to recap real quick, you know, what's the felt need you're hitting and how are you going about communicating that? What's your leadership strategy? You know, uh, Kevin talked about centralized or decentralized. Hey, I love the fact that Kevin's on board because, you know, a couple of the terms that are out there are uh, hybrid and digital, which is, you know, uh, some groups are coming back, you know, in a hybrid standpoint of view. You know, some are on on Zoom, some are uh, physically with your group. There's a lot of strategies that are out there, but, you know, whether you're going organic with your group leaders, whether you're going, uh, you know, you're training and front end training them, but, you know, what's that leadership strategy? And then, you know, Derek brought up a great thing. I love your customer service heart, Derek, on that. You know, we don't want anybody falling through the cracks. So you got to make sure you're taking care of them, but you've got so much going on, you got to build that infrastructure. So we talk a lot about that on the different shows, but make sure you got those three things heading up and Derek bring us out of the show. And uh, it's always great to be with these small group point people. Yeah, this was a very fun show and Kevin, thanks so much for taking the time to join us today and give your uh, wisdom. And thanks again for everybody listening. Thanks for spending part of your day with us. Our prayers at each episode uh, like this one encourages you and equips you to lead better and to have a a stronger overall small group ministry. So uh, check the show notes for all the links and articles we referenced. And until next time, goodbye. Thank you for listening to Group Talk. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast through iTunes and get new episodes downloaded automatically. Also, if you enjoy this program, please take a few minutes to give us a positive rating on iTunes so that other small group point people can find us more easily. We encourage you to visit our website, smallgroupnetwork.com, to access our library of free resources, connect to a huddle with other small group ministry leaders in your area, read our blog articles, or join us on our Facebook group. Don't forget to use the hashtag SGNet when engaging with your social media channels. Thank you for your support.